You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we jump into today's episode, I just have to ask you an honest question. How are you feeling about motherhood right now? Are you feeling burned out or that motherhood isn't quite living up to what you imagined it would be? I want you to know that I have been there. After years of infertility, I thought that if anyone was going to love motherhood, it would be me. I dreamed of creating all sorts of magical moments with my miracle kids and being the happiest stay-at-home mom ever. And then I actually had kids, and it was more challenging than I ever could have imagined, and I felt guilty about not loving it, which was a vicious cycle that sometimes sent me into a spiral of self-doubt and depression. If you've ever felt this way, I want to make sure that you know that I have a free week-long email course to help you find your magic in motherhood. After you sign up, you'll receive daily lessons and worksheets that should take you no longer than five to 10 minutes, and I can attest that taking a few minutes to reflect and journal about your motherhood will help pull you out of the funk you're in. I love offering my podcast as a free resource each week, but sometimes we need to put in a bit of extra time and care when we are feeling burned out or unfulfilled, and I know this course will help you rekindle your love for motherhood. To sign up for this free email course, go to 3in30podcast.com slash learn, which is linked in the show notes. That's 3in30podcast.com slash L-E-A-R-N. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. For years, I've aspired to have a better morning routine. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you've heard me talk about this many times. I'm naturally a bit scattered and consistency and discipline don't come easily to me, but I know a solid morning routine would make my whole life run more smoothly. So why am I not doing it? If I know how good it would be for me, why does every morning routine I ever start just sort of fizzle out after a few weeks? Well, because it's hard. It just is, especially for certain personalities. And that's why I'm grateful to have a morning routines and personal development expert on the podcast today to remind me and maybe some of you listening who struggle with this as well, why it is worth it to put in the effort to build a restorative morning routine, as well as to give us some tips on how to do this in a way that will make it more likely that our routines will last. My guest today is Sarah Dean, a business and leadership coach who's also the creator and host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast, a top-rated podcast with 5 million downloads. Sarah has become a personal friend of mine over the past several years as a colleague in this motherhood podcasting space, and one of the things I love most about her is she truly has an attitude of collaboration over competition. She wants all women to succeed, and I have seen that in the way that she generously shares ideas and encouragement with me and other female podcasters and business leaders. And speaking of collaboration, this episode today is part of a podcast swap that Sarah and I are doing, so I will be a guest on her show this week as well. That interview will air on Wednesday and is a deep dive into my experience with open adoption. So if you want to check out the Shameless Mom Academy, this week would be a great time. I'm so honored to be featured there. In addition to hosting her podcast, Sarah is a keynote speaker who's presented for Amazon, the City of Seattle, Charles Schwab, Inspired Mama, We Ignite, Alt Summit, and She Podcast Live. She's also been featured on The Dr. Phil Show. When she's not supporting shameless moms through her work, you'll find Sarah with her husband and 10-year-old son trying to keep up on video game jargon and baseball stats. 
I'm so excited to learn from my friend and colleague today about how to create morning routines that will actually stick. With her help, maybe 2023 will be the year that I do this. So with no further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Dean of the Shameless Mom Academy. Sarah, welcome to 3 and 30. I am so thrilled to talk with you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It feels like it's been a long time coming. We've been podcasting friends for years and have always talked about, we need to come on each other's shows, and now we're finally making it happen. So this is an exciting day. Yes. Yeah, it feels like it's already happened because we've talked about it for so long, and we've talked so many times about podcasting. We just haven't shared it with the world. Exactly. So So now we get to share with the world, which I'm excited about. And as I said in that introduction, morning routines are hard for me. And I'm wondering if I'm alone in that. You've worked with it's probably been thousands of women over the course of your career. Do you find that this is difficult for women? Oh my gosh, yes. So you're definitely not alone. <laughs> um, and I have to give my background is in uh, prior to being in the mom podcasting space and in the leadership and life coaching space, I was in the fitness industry for 15 years. So mm. you can imagine sure and consistency and regimentation is like very comforting to me. And I know mm. for a lot of people, that's not the case. So when I talk about morning routines, I'm really conscientious of the fact that things that are comforting and soothing to me, like getting up and working out early in the morning, aren't necessarily that way for other people. That doesn't mean there's not value to them, though. So it's really important to me to help other people, especially moms, find value in having a morning routine that is meaningful to them and rewarding to them because we're not going to do things if they're not ultimately rewarding. So so yes, you're not alone. And I love helping moms with this. Yeah. Well, thank you. I feel like this is a selfish interview because it's mostly for me. And and then I'm sure everybody else will learn as well. So why don't we just jump in with your first takeaway about how to make these morning routines possible and why they matter in our lives? Sure. So the first thing in a morning routine, which I alluded to a moment ago, is that your morning routine, it needs to be pleasurable. It needs to be desirable. It needs to be inviting. You need to want to do it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have something set up where you're, and I'll use an example of a male entrepreneur who I followed a number of years ago had this morning routine that I tried to follow. It was an hour long and it was six different things. And you did each of the six things for 10 minutes. And it was great for him because he wasn't getting up in the morning and taking care of children. And so he's like, I would just get up at 5.30 and I do these things and it takes like an hour, sometimes a little bit more. And I tried to do this when my son was like a year and a half and I was loved parts of it. And then other parts of it, I was like, this is just a lot of work and this is really stressful. It was not desirable, pleasurable or inviting at a certain point. It felt like just another thing that was hanging over me that felt really cumbersome and I had dread around it. So your morning routine, you want it to be pleasurable, desirable and inviting to you. And that might look different between you and me. But some things that I think can universally be pleasurable, desirable, and inviting first thing in the morning are things that are cozy and warm. And so maybe your morning routine starts off with you in your favorite robe or on your couch with the favorite fuzzy blanket and with your favorite coffee or tea or lemon water with a candle burning. And so it's this like luxurious feeling. Hmm. So when you're getting out of bed, you're thinking, I'm just going to my cozy corner on the couch. And I'm going to sit there for 10 minutes and do a couple things by myself before the kids get up. Or maybe the kids are already up and they're doing their thing. But it's this inviting experience where I actually want to do it and I don't mind getting out of bed for it. It's not like I'm going to get up and torture myself and go out in the pouring rain and the freezing cold dark and make myself go do a military workout. 
Yes. Oh, I love that. And you call it evolved self-care, which I love, Mm -hmm. love that term. Tell me more about that. Well, how is this a part of evolved self-care? Absolutely. So I think that we talk about self-care in such a way that we have started to do a disservice to what self-care actually is because the term is overused. And I think that we've lost focus on what self-care really is intended to be. I've reframed it as self-nourishment. And so when we decide to nourish ourselves, sometimes that is through spa trips and bubble baths and things like that. And sometimes it's through things that set us up to have a good day and things that set us up to feel powerful and things that set us up to find joy, things that set us up to be our best selves, whatever that means. This is not a luxury. This is critical. So self-nourishment, whatever that looks like for you or for me, that is not a luxury. It's not like a trip to the spa where I might once or twice a year do something like that. This is what are we doing every single day to nourish ourselves so that we can show up completely as the people that who we are right now and also being conscientious of who we are becoming and how we want to be working on ourselves, whatever that might look like in any given season of life um, yeah. and depending on our stages of motherhood as well. Yeah. And you're so right that sometimes the nourishing thing isn't necessarily the most immediate gratification thing because the truly nourishing thing is the decision that's going to bless you throughout your day. So I may be like, actually, just sleeping in and hitting snooze 25 times is what feels good to me and desirable and pleasurable and inviting right now. And it's like, yeah, maybe in the short term, but then I'm going to be running late and I'm going to be frazzled. And that's actually not long-term kind to my body and my soul and myself. And so, like you said, I don't have to go out and push myself to do some crazy militant exercise if I don't want to, but I can move my coziness from my bed to my couch where I sit and spend a few minutes planning the day or doing something that's going to set me up to have a long-term nourishing experience in my day. Absolutely. Two examples of that that are like total opposite of each other is a good friend of mine and I have totally different routines around self-nourishment in the morning. So she gets up and she's like, I just want to like sit and journal for an hour. You could not pay me to sit and journal for an hour. It is physically uncomfortable to me. It's frustrating. It's annoying. I do not want to sit with a spiral notebook and a pen or even like on my computer journaling. I might do it for a short amount of time, but not for an hour. But what is nourishing for me is to get up and exercise. And I do like short workouts, usually 20 minutes, sometimes even less. But for me, especially because I manage anxiety every single day, whether or not I feel like doing it, it is nourishing to me to get up and process emotion and stress and anxiety by moving my body. And Mm -hmm. so my friend, she's like, there's no way I would ever do that. She's like, I want to get up and like emotionally process and sit down and nourish myself by writing things and envisioning things and like writing about dreams. That's not the direction I choose to go. So these things nourish us in different ways. And we see the rewards of that in really different ways as well. Yeah. And what strikes me is that you're both processing. She's processing emotions and experiences through writing because that's how it works for her. And you're processing Mm -hmm. emotions and experiences through movement because that's what works for you. And so really tailoring this is very important. And I do think that leads really well into your second takeaway about how to build in this routine. Yeah. So once you've decided what is inviting to me, and so for me, when I get up, it's like I go to my couch, I spend 20 minutes or so on the couch. When my son was younger, it was like maybe five minutes. It was like a much shorter. And then I transition into my workout. So I have the thing that's desirable and inviting where I sit down, I have my coffee, it's my cozy time, and then I go from that into my workout. 
at the end of that, what is rewarding to me is that I have spent some time framing my day. I've been able to sit down and look at my schedule to recognize, okay, these are the things I need to do today. Here's like my top three action steps that need to get done. And even if nothing else gets done, these are the things that gauge that this day has been a successful day. And then I move into my exercise. That is all rewarding. I've set up myself to be focused for the day. I've decided what I'm doing for the day that matters most. And then I've done my gratitude practice, which really helps me frame my day in a positive way. And I've done my exercise, which gives me energy. It helps with my creativity. It helps with my focus. And so I've done all these things now so that when I start my day, I feel ready. I have the rewards of that practice where I'm like, okay, we did it. On the days that I rarely, that I don't do this, I am at a loss. (laughs) I don't know how to center myself. And so there's been times where, you know, just life gets in the way and I all day long feel like I'm just walking in circles. I'm like, I don't know what thing to do first today. And I don't know, like I haven't opened my mental space for the day because this is so ingrained in me. So making it reflective and rewarding is really important. And I'll also mention what I do for my gratitude practice. This is a like seven second activity. My first three sips of coffee, I think of something I'm grateful for on each sip. (laughs) And so it's really simple. Usually the dog is like jumping all over me while I'm standing in my kitchen. And it's a really quick way for me to immediately, first thing in the morning, recognize, okay, here's three things I'm grateful for. They're typically things that warm my heart in some sort of way, often things that happened the day before, where I then am just in this positive frame of mind. And that helps me center my needs, my voice, my power to then move into the space of owning and honoring. What do I want to get out of this day? Like, these are the great things I'm taking from yesterday. And what do I want to get out of this day? It helps me prioritize my day. And it also helps me possibly deprioritize things at the same time, recognizing like these are the things that really matter, which means that some of these other things don't matter as much. Yeah, for sure. I love that you like habit stacked that. You put two habits together and stacked them together. You know you're going to drink your coffee. And so while you're taking those sips, you might as well stack in a gratitude practice that goes along with it. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I have found that with my morning routine. The only time I'm even remotely successful with a morning routine is when I do the habit stack. Mm -hmm. And I will have triggers that remind me to do the next steps in my routines. As soon as I drop the kids off at school, when I walk in the door, the next thing that I do is I grab my scripture and I sit down to read it. And I don't drink coffee, but sometimes I do find that having a warm drink is so comforting Mm -hmm. in the morning. Yes. It's the inviting thing. It's like the inviting pleasurable. (laughs) It really is. And I am more likely to do my morning routine when I have a warm hot drink with me. And Mm so- It might be hot chocolate or tea or there's something I drink sometimes called perk. And then I'll read and drink my perk. And I don't know, just stacking it all together makes it so that I'll actually remember to do those steps. Right. I want to touch on something that's really important that you just brought up is that for you, your morning routine, it might be like an after drop off kind of a thing where you're like, okay, this is Mm -hmm. a routine that I do every day that is meaningful to me. It brings me joy. It's rewarding, all of the things. So I think that it's really important that we recognize what works for one person might not work for someone else. And I talked earlier about like the guy who got up and did the hour long thing at 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. and how that didn't work for me. When my son was really little, I didn't do my morning routine for a long time because life with a baby, like I was waking up to him screaming and it was not possible for me to then be like, mommy needs to journal. So (laughs) what ended up happening is I integrated it in later in my day And that's okay too. Like whatever your centering routine, it doesn't have to happen 
in the middle of the night. It doesn't have to happen where you get up so early before everyone else gets up that you're compromising sleep. It can happen after drop-off or it can happen a little mid-morning. If you have a little one who takes a morning nap, it can happen at 10 or 11 a.m. Those kinds of things are completely fine. I know when Vinny was really little, sometimes for me it did happen in those mid-morning hours and it was really abbreviated. Or sometimes it happened with him while he was eating breakfast. I would do like a five-minute workout on my kitchen floor and then like write out my list of here's my three things I'm doing today. So there's so many ways to make this adaptable to the season of life that you're in and the season of mothering that you're in. And I think that piece is really important because if you're trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole, mm-hmm. trying to make Sarah Dean's protocol work when you have three kids under three at home, then you're going to really struggle to make it meaningful to you. And that's not the point. Yeah. And so often I think women do think that it only counts as a good morning routine if it's happening before their children wake up. Right. And that can be really difficult depending on the season of life that you're in. And so I love that you pointed that out. You can do your morning routine later. You can do it after you get them off to school. If they don't go to school, then you can do it at another time of day when they have downtime. So you can do it in the shower. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have routines that I do in the shower now, especially related to like random things with my business where I'm like, okay, today's Tuesday. That means I need to think of this thing in the shower. And like I've conditioned my mind to like, These are the thing. And then my brain can really quickly go to like, this is what we're doing right now. So maybe you're doing a gratitude practice in your shower. (laughs) Yeah. It it sounds silly to like throw things out there like that, but it's whatever works for you and a million different things can work. And so I think that, yeah, you want to find something that works for the season for you. Yeah. I did an interview with Dr. BJ Fogg. He's a professor at Stanford and he teaches about tiny habits. Tiny habits. Yes. Yes. And he talked about how literally any activity that you do every day is real estate to build a new habit on to attach to it. Yes. Just think about your day and think, what are things I do every single day? Like I go to the bathroom, yep. I take a shower, whatever it is, and think, okay, so yeah. what tiny habit can I connect to that mm-hmm. other habit? So his, which is so funny, is every time he goes to the bathroom, he does two push-ups. I've read about this. Yeah. So random. But he's like, well, I always go to the bathroom. So it became my automatic trigger. And I built a ton of strength that way by just every time I go to the bathroom, I do two push-ups. And then he says, I celebrate and tell myself I'm awesome. That's the third part of his formula is you anchor a behavior to something and then you celebrate. Totally. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Fabric by Gerber Life. Friends, do the responsibilities of adulthood often take you by surprise? I sometimes cannot believe I have two beautiful, precious kids to care for. Their day-to-day well-being is on the forefront of my mind, but I do also think about their long-term safety and success. It's so important to protect their future, and one way to do that is through life insurance. Do you have life insurance to protect your children? If not, Fabric was designed by Parents for Parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Plus, you can get wills, access to college savings funds, and more tools to help protect your family's financial future, all in an easy online experience. Maybe you could make this one of your New Year's resolutions and protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply today in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash 3in30. That's meetfabric.com slash 3in30. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash 3in30. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. 
Today on the podcast, we're talking about morning routines. It's no secret that routines are hard for me, but I also know how much my soul does crave routines and rest. Just because I don't always stick with routines doesn't mean I'm hopeless and that they're not for me. Working with a therapist has helped me identify thought and behavior patterns I fall into and has empowered me to find strengths when sometimes all I can focus on are my weaknesses. Meeting regularly with my therapist helps me feel my best, and I cannot recommend a professional counselor enough as a safe place to talk. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com 3in30. And then let's jump right into our third takeaway. So third takeaway is make it consistent. And so this is where it needs to be like inviting and pleasurable. It needs to be reflective and rewarding so that you will want to come back to it. Like if it's a morning routine that tortures you or a mid-morning routine that tortures you, you're not going to keep coming back to it. And so what can you do that you enjoy that has some level of either validation or affirmation or reward to it? And then how do you do that every single day and not make it negotiable? When we have habits that are unnegotiable, we spend slash waste a lot of mental energy deciding and negotiating like, am I going to do it today? Should I do it now? Should I do it later? So for me, I take that negotiation away by making it really simple that like, yes, you're doing this every day. And I literally do it six days a week. I get up and have some sort of like morning routine, cozy time on the couch that then goes into a workout. On Sundays, it's just more cozy time on the couch and I don't work out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So making it really consistent so that you're not negotiating. And when I say consistent, that doesn't mean it has to be the same thing every day for the rest of your life. But what can be consistent for right now for this season that you're in? And I think that sometimes, especially if we're type A kind of folks, we think that if we practice a habit, it has to be like a lifetime commitment. It doesn't have to be a lifetime commitment. It can be a what works for this season. And what can you do consistently in this season? So for some listeners, it might be the three sips of coffee and thinking of three things you're grateful for. And that might be what the morning routine can be right now. Mm. For other people, it might be being able to make it five minutes long or 10 minutes long. And we have a free download that I'll pass on to your listeners in a minute. But in that routine, it's like maybe it's six minutes. Here's how to do it in six minutes. Here's how to do it in 15 minutes. And then if you are in a season of life where you've got some extra time, then you can make it longer. So making it consistent. So that you're not having this mental gymnastics like, should I do it today or not? And what or what is it going to look like today? Making it as brainless as possible, that it looks the same every day. It's really simple. You just get up and you do it or you just integrate it into whenever works best in your morning. And what is so fantastic about that is it allows you to frame your day and begin your day in a proactive versus a reactive way. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that consistency will bring you so much peace because When we start our day in a reactive way, so often for moms, this is with like a toddler screaming in your face, like when they're ready to get up, (laughs) that we then move through our day in a reactive way. And that is not rewarding. And when we move through our day in a reactive way, we get to the end of the day and we're just like, oh my gosh, I have to get up and do that again tomorrow. There can be this sense of dread. And especially for people like me who struggle with anxiety, we can end every day dreading the next day, like mm-hmm. knowing like, oh my gosh, tomorrow's just going to be another 1 million fire drills. So when you do this consistently, you know that every night when I go to bed, I'm like, tomorrow I'm getting up and framing the day. I don't need to know tonight what the day is going to look like, but I'm going to have that few minutes to frame my day tomorrow. 
And then I'm also not thinking, am I going to set the alarm for this time or that time? Am I going to do my workout here or there? Should I not do it? Like, I don't have all those questions because I've integrated it in a way that it's so routine that I, like I said earlier, like I honestly am lost when I'm like, I don't know what to do if I'm not doing this. Yeah. Which takes some time, but that integration can feel really, really good because there's predictability is really powerful and positive. And then being able to be and exist in that proactive space, oh my gosh, just has so many great rewards in the long run. Yeah. Well, and I think the more routine that you are and more consistent you are with it, also the more your children expect it. And your son, Vinny, is at an age now where you could tell him, I'm doing my morning routine and you need to wait. But when he was younger, that was harder. But Mm -hmm. I do think my little sister has four kids, eight and under, and Mm -hmm. she works out every single day because it's a priority to her. And when people Mm -hmm. ask her, how do you fit that in or how your kids let you do that? She says, well, I do it every single day. So it's not new to them. It's not a surprise to them. They know it's going to happen. I get them set up and they're just used to it. And so sometimes when you start something as a mom, it can be really difficult for you to get used to and for your family to get used to. But Mm -hmm. if you stick with it and you're consistent and your kids know this isn't going away, they start to adjust to it and get used to it. And they won't be interrupting you as much because they just know it's kind of part of the day. Absolutely. And you're modeling really great habits and you're modeling that moms take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that moms, we are allowed to center ourselves. We center our children for many, many hours a day, every single day. <laughs> it is absolutely okay to center ourselves. That is a very normal part of being a human and being a woman and being a mom. And I think that piece is really important as well. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. This has been so insightful. And I want to hear more about your work with Shameless Mom Academy. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Sure. So the Shameless Mom Academy is coming up on seven years and 700 episodes. That's insane. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know how much work and hours and so congratulations. That's epic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we have a show twice a week, every Monday, every Wednesday. Every Monday is a solo show with me talking about different ways to help women show up in their lives. A lot of focus on how to use your voice and how to really own your identity and focus on who you are and who you are becoming. And then on Wednesdays, we have an interview. And so interviews with all sorts of guests. Sometimes it's parenting related. Sometimes it's leadership related. Sometimes it's around identity and different components of identity. And then we have a membership community, so you can become a member of the Academy. And we, I think, yeah, that's, that's kind of the main, the main jam. We have a free morning routine template for guests as well. Do you want me to share yes, that? Yes, yes. I think that's perfect. If women listening to this episode are interested in learning more from you, it just makes sense that they would go and get this morning template and start learning more from yes. you. So yes, tell us more about that. Yes. So for sure, find the Shameless Mom Academy podcast on any podcast platform, wherever you're listening to this. And then you can download our free 15-minute manifest, which is a morning routine template where you walk through three simple, brief little activities in the morning to kick off your day, whatever time of day that is for you. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash 15mm, which stands for 15-minute manifest, you can download that. So that's shamelessmom.com slash 15mm, the number 15mm. That'll be great. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and for being my friend and my colleague in this space. And we're so grateful that you you. shared with us on 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Okay, I'm feeling inspired. New year, new me, right? 
Well, maybe it's same me, but with some new strategies for working with my personality in the season of life that I'm in to find routines that nourish me. As a reminder, these are Sarah's three takeaways to create a morning routine that actually lasts. First, you've got to make that routine desirable, pleasurable, and inviting, or else you'll never do it. Create your cozy corner with a favorite blanket, coffee, or another warm drink, a candle you love, and maybe some soothing music. The first few minutes of your morning routine should be something that you actually want to get out of bed to do, not something that you think you should want to do. Do you love drawing or journaling or hand lettering? Do that first thing. You can truly cater this to your own interests. Second, make your routine reflective and rewarding by setting up your day for success. This might look like doing a quick gratitude practice, action planning for the day ahead. I love Sarah's suggestion to identify your big three things you need to get done that day. Journaling to get out your current stressors and emotions or doing some quick but impactful exercise. Whatever will help you to feel ready to face the day. And third and finally, make your routine consistent. This will eliminate so much decision fatigue and internal chatter of you trying to decide whether or not you are going to pursue your self-care goals for that day. If you've made it easy and rewarding enough, and if you built it into your day at a time that works for you in your season of life, this will become a no-brainer for you that is just second nature. And a bonus to being consistent is that your kids will get used to it and they won't interrupt you as much. Is there a time when you are less likely to be interrupted or when you can habit stack this with something else that you already do? Think about that as you consider building out a new year morning routine. Okay, friends, I hope you're feeling equipped to create a more restorative morning routine for yourself this new year. I'm going to be working on it too, and I know we can do this. As always, thank you for listening. I'm cheering you on, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.